On November 5th, 2021, artist and rapper Travis Scott was performing in Houston, Texas in his concert known as Astroworld, when at around 9pm, a surge of his fans ran towards Travis Scott, compressing many of the fans in attendance. In total, nine people lost their lives, and hundreds were reported to receive serious injuries. And while lawsuits have already been filed against Travis Scott, Live Nation, and criminal investigations have commenced in determining what caused such negligence, which will take weeks or even months to reveal, conspiracy theorists have already solved the mystery. For the conspiratorially inclined, this was not a concert, but a satanic sacrificial ritual. I am Social Chemist Nelson, and today, we're going to talk about the Travis Scott Conspiracy Theory. If you're listening on Spotify, click on that follow button for me. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, click on that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. By doing so, you up expose this podcast to people who might be interested in conspiracy theories within politics. You can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram at The Social Chemist. I'll be sure to leave a link to my Instagram and Facebook since I keep forgetting to include it in the bio. If possible, share this podcast with your friends to have some interesting discussions about today's episode. And of course, for this episode, you can find all the references under the description section. So it's great to be back. Um, Before I start, let me give you guys an update about where I'm at with my school and podcast life. Last time I mentioned that during my fall semester, I was going to slowly make episodes and then release them during my winter break, but I haven't been able to do that. I haven't been able to do anything podcast related since uh, starting my internship, and I plan on taking winter classes during the holidays, so episodes are going to be scarce. If anything, I'll make episodes based on current events and be less formal and more expressive and opinionated Uh, i didn't want to do that at first but um since this is like a sociopolitical podcast you know why not might as well at this point i do plan on making an episode about my experience and my internship i think that'll be an interesting episode for anyone that's looking to apply into the social work program but with that being said Let's get into the Travis Scott conspiracy. So initially, I didn't think I'd do an episode on the events that occurred on Astroworld. I saw the headlines and I thought it was an unfortunate event, but that was about it. Being a graduate student, I barely have time to read news articles. However, I soon began to notice uh, many conspiracy theories popping up on my newsfeed about the Travis Scott concert, and I was like, oh, here we go. This is it. I finally have content for my podcast. And so I decided to look into the claims that were being made and how this was being spread. So on this episode, we're going to talk about what officials believe occurred, what conspiracy theorists think happened, and the type of people that are expressing this conspiracy theory. Now, I am unfamiliar with Travis Scott I have heard of his name before, but I thought he was the rapper with the diamond implanted in his forehead. If you can tell, I don't necessarily listen to rap. I'm more of an alternative rock or anything that has a good jam or rhythm to it. Anyways, from what I heard about Travis Scott, this isn't the first time he's instigated his fans to go absolutely wild. For example, according to an article from today, back in 2017, then 24-year-old Kyle Green fell from a third floor balcony, which at the time left him paralyzed. According to the article, Travis Scott's lyrics oftentimes promote chaos and madness. So what occurred that led to the tragic deaths of nine people? To answer this question, we have to look 
at what occurred prior to the event. There are videos of fans actually running past the metal detectors to get inside the NRG stadium, which is where this took place. Some audience members can be seen climbing over the fence, and hilariously, it shows how security guards are overnumbered, like the fans were running past the security guards like nothing, and you can't even blame them because it's like five guards against hundreds of teenagers. And I just gotta ask, what is Travis Scott saying in his concerts, or what is he like rapping about? That these teenagers are like going wild, like goddamn. This is why I prefer listening to music on Spotify than going to an actual concert. I just I don't feel like experiencing that lunacy. Now, to my understanding, the stadium can actually hold up to two hundred thousand fans, but with the COVID pandemic, they attempted to reduce the spread of this virus by cutting down the number of attendees by fifty thousand. Now, around 9 p.m., Travis Scott appeared on stage, which encouraged many of the fans to move towards his direction. I think they actually, like, barged in, like, a lot of the fans outside that were waiting just, like, rammed inside. And so, for anyone that was in the front row, uh, they got the worst of this, of course, because they were being crushed by the force of the crowd behind them. It is reported that during this time that an ambulance was forced to drive uh, through the crowd to attend to people who had got trampled. Now, I've been told that there's a video out there that um, shows Travis Scott, like he acknowledges what's going on, but he disregards it and he continues to perform until 10 p.m. This claim has brought immense criticism to him and other performers such as Drake. According to USA Today, there are currently 17 lawsuits filed against in which 14 include Travis Scott by name. Uh, a recent article that I read uh, earlier today stated that there was over 40 lawsuits now. In the end, the victims of the people who lost their lives ranged from ages 14 to 27. To my knowledge, the youngest victim that left injured from Astroworld is a 9-year-old child, which I need to ask, what is a 9-year-old child doing in a Travis Scott concert? Like, when I was 9 years old, I didn't even have my first Pokemon game, and based on the lyrics that Travis Scott tends to rap about, I don't know if that's age appropriate, but you know, that's just me. So like I said, I originally didn't pay too much attention to this story, but then I was on Facebook and I began seeing posts about satanic rituals, the stage being the sign of the Antichrist, and the collection of souls. So let's assess this fun conspiracy theory using the existential threat model. Remember that this model includes the existential threat, the understanding of the threat, and the antagonistic outgroup. Starting with the existential threat, this would be Satanism. Much of what is being expressed with this conspiracy theory is no different than the rock and roll scare of the 80s and 90s. Recall that when the Columbine shooting occurred in 1997, many news outlets pointed the blame on musician Marlon Manson. At the time, his appearance was controversial, and, and many suburban families accuse him of promoting Satanism and nihilism among the youth. In my opinion, the same thing is occurring with Travis Scott. We then move into the understanding of the threat. And this is the interesting part about the Travis Scott conspiracy theory. From a conspiratorial perspective, many of the images circulating on Facebook demonstrate evidence that Satan did play a role in the tragedy of the nine deaths in Astroworld. What evidence, you ask? One of the most talked about images is the upside-down cross. 
For many religious conspiracy theorists, the image symbolizes his presence because, you know, Satan has nothing better to do on a Friday night than to go jam at a Travis Scott concert. You would think that if the devil wanted to get a higher kill count, he would somehow possess or poison the COVID-19 vaccines. I'm just saying, you know, it's more effective if you want to get more people. Anyways, in psychology, the insertion of significance to an object is called pareidolia. And everyone, even I, have participated in this thought process. Let me explain. Chances are, if you've ever gone to a beach, you've looked up to the clouds and tried to see what kind of shapes or animals or objects you can form in your head. A while back, I saw a post of some clouds that appear to be a soldier holding a rifle. Now remember, clouds are just clouds. But my brain gave meaning to this specific cloud based on things that I value. A more popular example is the face in Mars. If you Google this, you'll see what appears to be a face on Mars. Some have speculated that this is a message from our cosmic relatives. Maybe they're warning us about the Ununaki. Others like myself just look at a mountain that happens to look like a face. As psychoanalyst Sigmund Freud once said, a cigar is just a cigar. Of course, to conspiracy theorists, this is an unacceptable answer because everything has meaning. Nothing is a coincidence. Not our dreams, not the clouds, and not the upside-down cross. That symbolizes human sacrifice. If you want to check another image, Google 9-11 smoke face and go on images and ask yourself, are you looking at black smoke or something more sinister? It's a cool little experiment to do. In the end, when it comes to inserting any type of value to objects, we do this naturally, but for conspiracy theorists, their cognitive thought process goes on overdrive when it comes to looking for patterns, meaning, and the understanding of the threat. We come to the antagonistic outgroup, the small but influential group of people, or demons in this case, that caused the deaths of nine people. I've seen some articles that try to say that this is a QAnon conspiracy theory, but I don't see evidence of that. When people think of QAnon, some of the things that are brought up are child trafficking, pedophilia, and cannibalism. Q supporters are also politically inclined. And I don't know if Travis Scott is a Democrat or if he's even politically engaged. From my assessment, we're looking at a classic Illuminati conspiracy theory. Some could argue that it's not even the Illuminati, but the devil, him or herself. But to be honest, if anything, I think this conspiracy theory was intended to be a joke, and I'll get to that later. So let's talk about the type of conspiracy theorists we're dealing with. There are actually two. The first one is the ideologue conspiracy theorist. As mentioned before, there isn't anything political about this conspiracy theory, and everything is based on Christian folklore and numerology. Coincidentally, a post mentioned that Travis Scott has the same birthday as the day that the Church of Satan was formed. And you don't need to be a Republican or a Democrat to eat that up like truth if you're conspiratorially inclined. By the way, shout out to anyone whose birthday is on April 30th because according to conspiracy theorists, that makes you a Satanist by default. The second conspiracy theorist is the conspiracy distributor. Let's take a quick moment to acknowledge that. Criminal investigators said it's going to take weeks to determine the cause of the crowd surge. Yet in less than four days or five at this point, conspiracy theorists had it all figured out. And not only that, look at the speed that the conspiracy theory was spread. It was pretty quick. 
Now, when I first saw the conspiracy theory on my Facebook, I like rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, here we go. But soon I started seeing people making parodies of this conspiratorial thinking. For example, people were connecting images from the popular show Naruto and the Nickelodeon cartoon show Jimmy Neutron, which made me think of two things. Was this entire Travis Scott conspiracy theory a prank? If it wasn't, have we found a way to combat conspiracy theories and misinformation with humor? I don't know the answer to that question, and I don't know the legitimacy or the true intentions behind this conspiracy theory. But what I do know is that as consumers of social media, we need to be more cautious when we're consuming information. The Travis Scott conspiracy theory to me was a troll conspiracy theory. But let's not forget how far these ideas can go. Might I remind you? Stop the steal. So what are my final thoughts on this whole Travis Scott tragedy? In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I believe all parties are responsible for what occurred on November 5th. Travis Scott inciting chaos and madness among his audience shows a lack of accountability and how to safely engage his audience. The organizers who failed to adequately facilitate an enjoyable experience for ticket holders should face fines, but also the audience is responsible in how they should have behaved. For one, if you're going to force yourself into a stadium and overnumber security guards, I think the last thing you care about is safety. And two, by now, Travis Scott has had a number of incidences that have resulted in the permanent injury of his fans. As an audience member attending one of his concerts, you kind of should know what you're paying for and getting yourself into, seeing how Travis Scott could care less about his fans. But again, these are my thoughts. In the end, thousands of people went into the festival, and nine people went into it thinking that it was going to be the greatest time of their life, and unfortunately, they never came out to share their experience. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. I'll be back at some point. So with that being said, question everything with logic.